You're listening to Rewire Your Work. I'm your host, Heather Love, and I'm a subconscious mindset coach, a spiritual and integrative life coach, and a certified hypnotist who is obsessed with learning about how the brain works, why we do what we do, how to rewire the subconscious mind, and creating new and fun ways to regulate the nervous system. You're in the right place if you're ready to change your perception of worthiness, find your self-confidence, overcome your fears, step into your truth, and fall madly in love with your life. Welcome to this magical adventure where I'll help you learn the tools you need to rewire your neural pathways and step into your power with radiance and courage. So grab your headphones, get comfy, and let's get started. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Rewire Your Worth. Today, we're going to talk about something near and dear to my heart, and that's how to recognize the toxic situations that you might find yourself in. That could be a job environment. It could be romantic relationships or even non-romantic relationships. Anything that makes you question your value, your worthiness, your intelligence, or even your sanity, any situation that makes you feel like shit for just being who you are is potentially toxic. Maybe you've been told that you're too sensitive, too loud, too honest, too delusional, too lazy. These are all things that I have been told over the years, and I know I'm definitely forgetting some, but you get the idea. So let's start with toxic job situations. I have a lot of experience in this area, and What's really sad is that so does practically everyone else that I talk to. It is insane to me that we're expected to go someplace for eight plus hours a day where we are constantly told how what we're doing isn't good enough or fast enough. And we're judged on so much more than our technical abilities to do our job, everything from how we dress, to what facial expressions we make, or whether or not we go to social events after hours. I have never been in a more demeaning environment than when I worked in corporate America. I experienced sexual harassment when I worked in a department that was all men except for me and one other woman. I was shamed for wanting kids when I talked to HR about leaving a department before my two-year commitment was over because I was being exposed to dangerous chemicals. In another department, I was bullied by coworkers for being unwilling to gang up on other people they didn't like, and so they broke into my personal drawers and left me rude notes. I was told to suck it up when a manager gave different instructions Every time I talked to her and was later dinged on my performance review because she rated me on things that she didn't communicate to me. I was told to get a babysitter for my kids for an unpaid after hours work event. 
I was talked to about not smiling and looking uninterested in an eight-hour meeting. I was reprimanded for refusing to change documentation to make something look legal because it was against corporate policy. I was told I needed to play the game better of sucking up to people above me in the hierarchy, even when it went against my morals and values. These are just some of what I experienced in my last job. Now, I was there for 20 years, and I worked in many different departments with many different managers, but what I went through in my time there wasn't uncommon, and you may even have similar stories if you've ever worked for someone else. And yes, I did go to HR in many, many of these instances, and nothing changed. I was made to feel like I was the problem. And like I said in that one example, it was HR that was toxic when they made me feel like I was selfish at age 27 for putting wanting a family over my job responsibilities. So going to human resources sounds good in theory, but in my experience in a very large company, that didn't help. And not to mention that there can be toxicity in the workplace without it crossing the line into something that HR would get involved in. Like gaslighting, for instance. That is very hard to prove, especially when it's usually done via a conversation and not in writing. And I can't speak for other industries, but gaslighting is a huge problem in corporate. It's Shocking, actually. The other toxic situations that are most common is when you're in a relationship, whether it's romantic or not. I'm going to lump these two together, though there's a few nuances when the toxicity is a romantic partner, because depending on your specific situation, you may need to handle things a little differently. But generally speaking, these relationships look very similar regardless of the title. So some examples of a toxic relationship are controlling behavior, where you have to ask for permission to go out, or you have to ask to spend money, or you're told what to wear, or you're criticized for what you're wearing, or basically anything where you are made to feel less important than the other person. These seem pretty self-explanatory to most people, but when you're in it, and especially if it's behavior that wasn't present in the beginning of a relationship and it's developed over time, you can find yourself in a situation that you never intended on being in. Usually someone with toxic traits doesn't show their full colors right away because if they do, chances are that isn't going to be something that most people are going to stay and just stand for. I know people that are currently in relationships where they know the other person is cheating, but they have been convinced, usually by that other person, that they won't be able to make it on their own without them. Whether that's because of money or that they're just unlovable 
or that they're unworthy of more or that they won't see their kids if they leave, whatever that is, there is some brainwashing going on. And I'm not going to get into domestic violence here, but it's often the same types of behavior where it's obviously unacceptable to someone on the outside, but for the person on the inside of the relationship, they struggle to put their own self-worth first. And so they end up staying even when it's causing them emotional and sometimes physical pain. Okay, so there were some examples of controlling behavior. There's also, how do I want to say this? There's also using your generosity against you, where you're being taken advantage of, essentially. For me personally, this happened more in non-romantic relationships, but it certainly can show up anywhere, even in professional relationships. It can often start from a good place of you wanting to help someone. And then at some point, it can cross the line. Whether it's you giving someone money or you buying things for them or you doing all the work on a group project or being the only one who drives the kids wherever they need to go. It starts with good intentions. But what happened for me when I felt that I was being taken advantage of is that I became a people pleaser to the point that I would rather just fork over the money or do the work or whatever it was because I didn't want to rock the boat. I really, really used to hate conflict. So it was just easier to keep my mouth shut and move on. But what happens is that you don't actually move on when there is resentment there. You may compartmentalize it so that it's not something you think about every moment of every day, but it's still there. And at some point, there's a good chance that it's all going to blow up. It does need to be dealt with in some manner. I'll admit, I was a doormat for a long time. And again, that's a non-romantic relationship. What's worse, though, is that I didn't even know it when I was in it, or at least I wasn't willing to see it. So if anyone tried to talk to me about it, I would get defensive. So look at those conversations where you find yourself defending someone else's behavior or saying, whatever, it's fine. And take a moment and get honest with yourself about what's actually going on because you may be people-pleasing and they may be taking advantage of that. I talked about gaslighting earlier when it came to work environments, but it can be a huge problem in just any relationship as well. If anyone is ever trying to make you feel like you're crazy for feeling the way you do or how you remember something, that's a huge red flag. Just a side note on that though, if you have 10 people in a room and something happens, there's going to be 10 different versions of that event. People see things and remember things differently. And there's also a lot of research done on memories. And every time you pull a memory out of your brain, you actually change 
how you remember it. It's super trippy. And I'm not even sure that I could explain it in a way that would do it justice, but we learned about this in the change worker certification program that I took at the beginning of 2023. There's some famous scientist that said that the only way to preserve a memory is to never remember it. Because each time you think about it, the teeniest, tiniest details get changed. Kind of like if you remember the game Telephone, when you were a kid and someone would start with a message and they would whisper it to the kid next to them. And then they would whisper it to the kid next to them. And by the time you got to the last kid in the class, the message was completely different. So memories are like that. I'm totally off topic here, but all of that to say that if someone is telling you that you're wrong for how you remember something, you're going to have to decide if that's a battle that you want to fight or just let it go. I used to be the type that I would argue about it, but knowing what I know now about the brain and memories, I honestly don't know if we're just remembering the same thing differently. So I don't spend too much time on those conversations anymore. If when you talk to someone about concerns you have and they always turn it back on you with what you are doing wrong, that's also a red flag. They're trying to deflect energy and attention away from them, and the easiest way to do that is to make it about you. I know there are a ton more examples that I'm forgetting, but listen, if you're not sure if it's a toxic situation or not, I want you to sit with how it makes you feel in your body. If you're kind of neutral about it, it's probably fine. But if you have a sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach, that's not good. If it's a situation or a person that makes you feel shitty about yourself in any capacity, take note because there is a high probability that you have found yourself in a toxic environment. Okay, so we're going to wrap up here, but If you find yourself in this type of situation, you really have three options. You can stay and not say anything. You can stay and speak up. Or you can remove yourself from the situation. And every situation is different. And I honestly think there is only one wrong way to handle it. And that's to stay in the situation and not say anything and not stand up for yourself and just accept that that's how things are. That causes resentment and anger and no good can come from it. The other two ways, whether you say something and leave or say something and stay, is going to be a personal decision based on what the circumstances are around it. I will never advocate for someone staying in a situation where someone else is treating them like garbage. But I do understand that sometimes there are things to be worked out when it comes to getting another job or finding a new place to live or saving money. So do what you need to do to get yourself in a position that you can stand in your worthiness and not allow others to treat you that way. You are inherently valuable and worthy 
just by being here. And don't let anyone let you think otherwise. What I want to say very strongly here is that don't let the getting of another job or the saving of the money or whatever it is become an excuse for you to stay. I would really recommend getting honest with yourself about what's going to make you feel better right now. And yeah, that may mean some uncomfortable conversations, but in the end, speaking up and not letting that behavior continue is going to change everything. So that means that you may have to make a move before you feel ready. If it's physical abuse, there's no tolerance for that. And you need to get out immediately and figure everything else out later. Period. End of story. If that's your situation, please reach out to a shelter or someone you trust to help you get out. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. And you know what? This is the last thing I'll say. Sometimes you might just find that you are the toxic one. There have been times that that's happened to me. And when that happens to you and you notice it, you get to decide what you're going to do so that it doesn't continue. We're all human. We all do things that we're not proud of. The important thing is to nip it in the bud so that that behavior doesn't become your default. And when you're dealing with someone else, you can allow them that grace. Maybe they didn't know. Maybe they weren't aware. But once they become aware, that then becomes their responsibility. That is what I have for you today, my friends. I so appreciate you joining me. I was called to do this episode after having several conversations with people that I can see from the outside are in toxic situations, but the people that are in it either don't see it or they aren't willing to stand up for themselves and put a stop to it. I don't want that for them. I don't want that for you. We get to be in environments and relationships that help us thrive, not drag us down. Remember that. Until next time, thank you for listening. I love you so much. And remember that you're worthy of living the life of your dreams.